It's always my fault. <laughs> now we go we in France this last week at my sister's home, a very tiny little place down there. And I decided, well, let's drive back in Bolivia. Oh. It's only 650 miles. Just down there. But uh, I'm used to traveling long distances. I'm used to driving miles, and that's what I do most, most days. So uh, I have a, my commute to the office is 132 miles round trip. That's just to get to work. So those who say, oh, it's a long way to work. Anyone travel any further? No, Time to the end of Tam knows what I'm talking about. So um, it left her somewhat not very well. So um, she does send her apologies, but uh, she did manage to make two cakes this oh, morning. Yes. So. Oh no, there you go. There is a god. Yeah. Just see, I, I, I don't know anything. We've also got Jess visiting with us as well. Today, welcome Jess. Welcome Jess. And uh, hello, the Phoenix. I won't get home too much. I promise. It's good to uh, have you with the people uh, So, uh, good to have them. And um, I was really interested in Scott's welcome, assuming that I played Sibyl, which I have. Uh, I didn't realise he had trouble with the physiotherapy. I couldn't believe what he was talking about. Yeah. I actually, I've been going to the dentist recently. I had like uh, an infection in, in one of my teeth. The falling out of getting older, getting fewer and fewer. But um, you know, you gotta, you know, stop saying, well, do you just tough it out? When the pain becomes unbearable, you know. But then it's just me, when it hurts, put your hand up. He says, Do you want no okay? I say that's a ridiculous question. Lots and lots and lots of things. But um, I do, I have a, I, again, I've travelled into Birmingham, I've got them all back to, I found a dentist that doesn't hurt uh, me. I thought, I'm never changing, we've grown up together, we the dentists. These children have grown up now, and not their own children, we talk about our grandchildren. I knew when he was affected, like a new blanket, just started out, we were one of his first patients, and I've been with him ever since, because he's so gentle. And uh, I would recommend him because he doesn't need any more people on the phone. <laughs> but um, his reputation's got around. But uh, anyway, but he's, um, yeah, I'm not, you know, I think if there's things there to, to make life more pleasant, I think you should use them. And what I'm going to talk about today is about something that makes life probably a little bit slightly more pleasant for us, depending on who you are. But uh, turning your Bibles to the book of Matthew in chapter 5, and we're going to talk about salt and light. For those of us who like our food, some of us go, salt, don't you feel about salt? High blood pressure, it'll be the death of you, you'll, you'll eat that shit and die. <laughs> I like salt, I like chips. I don't care. <laughs> My arteries are probably like pinholes now. But the food takes so much. But um, I'm just going to read this passage about salt and light. And it reads Matthew chapter 5, beginning verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. 
but the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. The city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I'm asking you to use your imaginations a little bit there. Imagine if Jesus was physically here with us and you and him went for a stroll. Take Cameron as an example. So Jesus and Cameron strolling through the church grounds. Jesus kind of claps his arm on Cameron's shoulder and says, No, Cameron, you're the salt of the earth. How pumped do you think Cameron's going to be? You belong. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> much appreciated, those kind words. Yes, right, you're the salt of the earth. The little warning comes with really after he but you know what? Those properties that salt has, don't lose them. Hang on to them, because they're precious. Don't waste them. Or if then, with Francisco, he said, Francisco, let's go for a stroll in the garden. He said, you know what? You're the light of the world. Imagine Jesus said that to you personally. You are the light of the world. Say, no, no, you are. I read the book. <laughs> you're the light of the world. No, you're the light of the world. You want to get your arms. God tells you something, you need to say, okay. You say I am, fair enough. But you feel a bit special. I know I, know I would. I feel incredibly special. And you actually have said that, it's just that physically we're not strolling through the grounds with him. And his arms are resting on my shoulder. In the spirit it may be, but what can I say? But we ought to be excited about that because it is something really precious and valuable because salt was a precious commodity. You know, that people, slaves unfortunately, digging salt, that was your job. If you went to the salt mines, I don't think it was the best job in the world because most of it, you know, was, I don't think the life expectancy was very long. But the word salary comes from salt. The salarium where they stored the salt. And when you receive your salary, it was, it was like money. Some people actually received salt as payment. And they could go and trade and barter and exchange it for coin. It was a, it was a precious commodity. And what we're going to look at today is the qualities how, of salt, how it's the same for us, how it relates. Well, why would you say your life salt? You think, something. <laughs> A, a bit, you know, why am I like gold? Why, why am I like a precious jewel? To know that you like salt. Why are you salt as an analogy for human beings? You know, being compared to something. There's always as strong as an ox, always as brave as a lion. You're like a tub of Saxon. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound quite so glamorous. But there are six qualities I'm going to look at about the salt. Now one of the things with salt is, I don't know where the glass is, I think I'll take them off. 
is that salt flavours. It does have flavour. For those of you, I know the blood pressure crowd, I know. Those who can't or don't eat salt, I know. But you know what? As far as I'm concerned, it generally improves food. Every cooking show that I ever watch, I do watch it for you. As you know, Sybil likes cooking programs and she likes to cook. You know, they're always in with the salt and in with this and the that. But there's always salt goes in, every time. All the top French chefs. So it does have flavour. And you ask yourselves, do you have flavour, personally, to the people around you? Are you the one that makes life better? Are you the one that people say, you know what, we're going, we're going, on, we're going out and say, would you like to come? Because they know that if you're there, it's going to improve it. It's going to improve the atmosphere. It's going to improve the ambience. It's all just going to be better because you have to, we're having a party. We'd love you to come. Because you're going to bring something to the party. You're going to add something. Has anyone ever been on some really disastrous date? I mean, I, 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 <laughs> fortunately, I've been on very few with disciples. But in my old life, I, I remember many, many, many years ago, uh, I went out, like, four of us went out, me and a girlfriend and a guy. And they, in the middle of a restaurant, virtually had a fight. In the middle of the restaurant, like wine thrown on each other and the table going over. It wasn't the best night I've ever had. <laughs> Swearing, it was, it was dreadful. And it was, all, it was over nothing. I mean, just the whole thing, the, the atmosphere was just. And I mean, I thought, you know what? Wherever I go, whatever I do, I probably won't be inviting them to come along with me. They're probably not going to be the first ones on the list when I throw a party. You know, they're probably going to be somewhere very, very near the bottom, probably not on his tour. But you know, that's one of, one of our functions, is, is to have flavour to life. And, uh, and to, you know, people want to be around you, they want, they want to be there because of what you bring to the party of your life. The other thing that salt does, it preserves. It stops things from decaying. Stops things from going bad. I didn't know an awful lot about salted food until I met Sybil and I knew some about salt pork and salt fish and what have you. Those of you from the background of eating salt, salted food, you know, it's um, those of you who don't know, you don't just take it and bite salted food. That is now it's been preserved in salt and you soak it overnight, 24 hours, whatever, get all the salt in the and then you prepare it. But there's always, it leaves something, it preserves it in a, in a different kind of a way. It's like dried and salty, but it, it, has a, it, it creates a different flavour. It's, it helps things uh, not to go bad. I think when we get involved in other people's lives, we can have that same effect with people. People are going through tough times as well. You know, we, we, we can kind of be the salt. You know, we can say, you know, things don't have to be this way. Things don't have to go bad. Things don't have to go wrong. There's, there's a way of preventing that. And really, that's, that's through the word of God and through us allowing ourselves to get involved and to, and, and, and to persevere. 
with people and to uh, preserve the good in their lives. Because it's amazing how quickly good things can go back. You know, I, I, I come from a broken marriage, you know. And, and at the end, I remember when we were going through the divorce, me and my ex-wife. Um, and I, I remember, you know, we'd become kind of alienated and got all sort of tried to be amicable, but it wasn't really. And it was all a bit, it was a bit of a, sort of a mess. And I remember just one day, and, and I looked at my ex-wife, and we got two children uh, that we'd had together. And I thought, how did I get to this from where we started? Because once upon a time, you know, I loved her, and we got married and started to have a family. And somewhere along the line, it all went back. There was nothing in there to help to preserve what we had. And, and it went, and it went, went, it went back. But I thought, was like, how did it happen? And it was something how things do go back. It just happens in time. And things don't get looked after. They don't get preserved. You know, the good things in the marriage, the love that we had, the, you know, the compassion we had for each other, the selflessness we had for each other, it didn't get looked after. It didn't get preserved. And because of that, surprise, surprise, it fell apart. You know, but it was, it was a, a, a real revelation. Thank goodness now, being married to Sybil, we have people in our lives, we have God in our lives, we have the scriptures, whereby, you know, I, I look at Sybil now and I think, you know, wow, it's great that I still love my wife. It's great that I still want to do things for her. It's great that she still loves me. Everything's great. It doesn't mean that we don't have the occasional bump. There's very few marriages who go through life without any bumps. Believe me. If you're one of them, amen. <laughs> you're very fortunate. But it, it, it's, it's, it's so different now. But that's having salty people around us, helping us to preserve what we have. We have great friends amongst the marriage, amongst the singles. You know, I know I've got friends, they wouldn't let me get salty with them. They'd say, we need to talk. Oh, yes. yes, go on back. <laughs> we need to talk. Sylvie, we talk. Is Sylvie talking? That's fine. I expect it to. The other thing that's salty is it penetrates. And again, do we, you know, do, do we get involved with people, you know, really get involved, or are we just on the surface? You know, I can, I, I'm, I'm in sales, I can be the surface of everybody. You know, I, you know, I've met different customers at different times. Oh, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? Very, very social. Rarely getting big, but occasionally, if an opportunity, you know, you have to be wise. You know, you can't just say, well, why are you going to tell me all about your terrible life? You know, then I'm going to tell you life. But sometimes, you know, I've got a, I've got a particular um, person who I deal with, um, a buyer. And he's a hard-nosed buyer, works for a big company, a big organisation. And usually when I go and visit him, it's, it's a, a, quite a ways. We normally go out and we'll have a little bit of lunch together. And We'll spend an hour and a half or so. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of work in it. We'll chat about business, this, that, and the other. But I'm going to start to talk about his life. And over, and over the years, I've learned a lot about it. He, um, 
You know, he, he's, his, uh, his daughter was at the University of Birmingham. He spent a lot of time in Birmingham, so we had to come back that in common. And then he told me, but a lot of the Punjab was like, he told me that him and his wife had two best friends who went on holiday with, and they were close, and they did everything. They got married within six months of each other. He was his best man. She, uh, he, was, he was his best man. Really close. And they, they got their retirement plan, and they were going to move away, and they were going to do all these things. And, he, and his best friend died of a heart attack. Just died. Like, gone. And he told me about it. And then he told me about that his wife then didn't know how to cope. She was on her own. She felt awkward because she didn't really want to be with the two of them because they were a couple. And then he was thinking about, well, then the retirement was going to be a different now. And then his wife got seriously ill. Seriously ill. A, a, a degenerative disease that she's never, she's never recovered. She's never going to get worse. And she's gradually got worse and worse, and now she's pretty much hospitalised, bedridden all the time. His life is completely different. And, and I, said, I said to him, I said, you know what? I said, I go to a church, and I said, you know, I'll, I'll pray for you. you know? I said, I'm not saying what can happen or can't happen, you know, but it doesn't hurt, you know, and we'll pray for you. He said, he said I wish you would. He said, so I don't feel like anybody is. I don't feel like anybody. He said, my life. He said, I've hardly spoken about this even at work. And I was, I was touched and he even confided in me. And I said, you know, I said, oh, you know, I have friends who, who go through, I've known a lot of people go through challenges. And you know, what are you going through? I said, you know, you shouldn't go through this on your own. He said, well, my daughter, she kind of helps and she does the best she can, but, you know, a lot of the stuff has been left for me. And he's, since he's pretty much retired from his job because he's had, he's had to uh, become a full-time carer with his wife. She comes out of hospital on and off. And he's, he's not really coping very well. But you know, but just getting get in there and just really talking to him. And then just getting to talk about God and saying, you know, there is a God and God does care. He may not feel like it at the moment, but he does. You know, and he's, who knows, who knows. Maybe, maybe it's a seed that will start to uh, you know, to bear fruit. I don't know. It was more for him. But I think one of the things is salt does penetrate, and we need to get involved with people. Some somewhat deeper level. I'm not saying that you've got to expect someone. Listen, I love most people. They don't. They don't want anyone knowing their business. You've got to be smart. You've got to be wise. We can really help you because we have faith. You know what? Being in a room with people like this who don't really fear death, is quite unique. Believe me, you go in any other room with people say, you're scared to die, be. thank you, I am. I think most of us probably aren't that scared, but a bit anxious, thinking, well, you know, but you know what, we're all going there sooner or later, that's a fact for every one of us. Sooner or later, we're all going. That's for sure. Taxes and death. <laughs> Two certainties in life. But you know what? I don't think we have a real fear. There's always a, you know, it's heaven somewhat unknown. We know what the Bible says, but we don't know exactly what it's going to be like. We know that it's unbelievable. God's told us that, so you can't even imagine what we saw. You've never heard or seen or your mind conceived what's in store. So there's always a bit about that anxiety. But I don't think we're, we're really afraid of something that we're, that we're all going to face. As you get closer, 
You know, you, you may think about it even more. Now, now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm way past my twenties, <laughs> and you know, I can keep saying, "Oh, you're only middle-aged." I am if I'm not one hundred and twenty. But otherwise, I wouldn't say I was middle-aged. But you know, you know, no fear. It's what I was thinking. I was thinking. It's it's going to be interesting. Going to be exciting as well. The other thing is. What song does it create first? I've um, anyone gone swimming to swallow to the seawater? That's a nasty thing to do. You know, but it does, it does make it salt makes you thirsty. It, it can drive you crazy you're eating up of it. it. It does create, and I think that's a thing for us. Once we plant that seed with people and we share about our lives, it's creating a thirst in the people want more. And I remember when I first started studying the Bible, at first I was like, mm, I don't know about this. Scott will tell you about that. Oh, I'm not sure. But then after a while, I remember I said to Sybil, um, Scott and Pedro had been coming around uh, to see us and see the Bible with us. And uh, one evening I said, well, is Scott and Pedro coming around to us? Like, all casual. <laughs> so I was one saying, oh, I don't know about this Bible stuff. I'm not sure. You know. She said, why? I said, oh, just. If they were going to come around. Anyway, they um, they they were coming around and we had another study. And it was and it created thirst in me just to want to know more. Want to know more about Jesus, want to know more about God. And that again is the that's down to us to help people have that thirst for more. The other thing that solves is it heals. It does have healing properties. I've just gone through, I go through phases where I suffer with mouth ulcers. That's a miserable affliction to have. Anybody ever suffer with mouth ulcers? Anybody get them little whoppers? <laughs> They're horrible. Horrible thing, you know. And they say, gargle with salt water. That stings. But <laughs> it does help. And, uh, and, that, uh, and, and they say, you know, use salt water if you've got athletes, but you've got this, you've got that. You know, use salt water. And I know a lot of people are skin conditions. They go on holiday in the sun and in the sea, and they come back, no eczema. And we go, where'd that go? You know, just some sunshine and salt water every day, and suddenly they've been walking like this all their lives, scratch, scratch, you know, inside the arms, back of the knees, any eczema sufferers know exactly what I'm talking about. They come back, no eczema. It has fantastic curative uh, qualities. It does help to heal. You know, but with, with, that, with that being, that healing though, sometimes there's a bit of pain that comes as well. You know, salt does sting. You know, when you start to say, the iodine, so this might sting a little bit, it's going to sting a lot. You've got to say a little bit, now it's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> Because doctors are tough, because they see it all the time. For the sake, we're just going to put this dislocated shoulder back. It might be a bit painful. And then when they bring you around with smelling salts, you go, yeah, sorry about it. Yes, you just have to you know, pop it back in. You'll be fine. So if they say, you know, so it does heal, it does heal. But sometimes healing, there's a painful side to that as well. And also, the sixth property is it helps for you to be resilient. Salt took those things up. And again, it's a bit like that healing thing. 
You know, it, you know, the area that you keep gathering salt in, eventually tougher and harder, and it may be better than it was previously. You know, but Jesus, he said to them, he said, but be careful you don't lose your salt in this. And it's easily done, we're all getting affected by the world. You know, we can all lose that edge. You know, we can all think, oh, maybe I should say something or do something. Should I get involved? Should I not get involved? And it's easy to think, well, you know, maybe, maybe not. You know, what can I do? Jesus said, you salt of the You salt of the world. You walk out of it. And he said, you're valuable. To me, all those hundreds of years ago, people would get salt. And it was valuable. So guess what they would do with it? They dilute it. They mix it with other things. And you get to the point when you dilute something that it's no longer what it was intended to be. You know, if you dilute, you said, you know, this thing said, oh, this diluted in sand. I think I can notice. <laughs> if it were too You know, but it gets to the point whereby it, it, you may as well throw it away. It's no good. Because the properties that it had are lost. And it's kind of like the water to us. You know, we do have great properties that we've been blessed by God to use, but it's the choices art to look after them and take care of them. And then, just carry on, I'll read again from verse 14. And then he says, You are the light of the world, sitting on a hill can't be hidden. See, properties of light are not our eyes. You're not going to go into the fields with relativity. You know, we're not portraying the light, traveling the speed of light, the light traveling, you know, driving something tenuous. But the thing about light is it's very clear, it's very pure. And that's what people should see in us. We shouldn't really be crystal clear in many ways. Not deceitful, not hiding stuff. You know, being honest, being open. It's amazing, I think, the impact that we can have on on people around is just by being honest. You know, if we do something wrong, we just pull our hands and say, "No, I did. I'm sorry. Sorry about that." Or if they say they want you to do something right, we can say, "No, I can't do that." And so why not? Everybody does it. So maybe that's one reason I don't do this. You know, but now I don't do that because of this. I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to do whatever, I'm not going to cheat, I'm not going to you know, There's plenty of stuff in the Old Testament as well about being trained, you know, that giving people a fair measure, about doing things honestly. It's easy to compromise those things. So I think we have to be as, as, as crystal clear as possible with the people around us and, and really let our light shine out. And then just checking what I wanted to. Also, we have the power to reveal. Now, the people in the world, they have a, lot of, you know, they have a hole in their life, they don't know what, what, what they need to fill it. They try to fill it with all kinds of stuff. And I think we're all guilty to a degree. You know, we all like to have a nice house and a nice car, this and that. You know, but don't deceive yourself that that will make you happy. That's, that's the, the greatest lie ever perpetrated. You know, that if you get this, you will be happy. Momentarily, yes. For a while, yes. You know, if, if 
someone gave you a, a, a spectacular house with a swimming pool and everything else. Well, you know what, you get used to it. People get used to everything in the end. You know, there, there are people with millions and billions who are bored and fed up because there's, there's a hole in their life that material things cannot fill. There's, there's nothing wrong with wanting a nice house and wanting a nice car, but put things in perspective, there's nothing wrong with wanting some nice clothes. But put things into perspective, but don't, don't, don't deceive that that will cure all your, your ailments and all your problems. One of the greatest gifts I think that a lot of us have is if we just have good health. And that's a great thing. You know, I challenge everyone here, you, know, you can have millions and millions of pounds, like tens of millions. If you had a migraine permanently, you wouldn't enjoy one penny of it. Not one. Anyone ever shot me with migraine? Yeah. Don't ask them what it's like. <laughs> what can you do with it? So what, what can you do when you have a migraine? What? Nothing. Nothing. Most people lie in a dark room yeah. with towels on their head and take magnum leaf and think, if it doesn't go away soon, God, take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it makes you feel. It makes you feel nauseous. Getting, 
all the time of you battling, battling, battling. You know what? You don't, you, don't, you don't need a little spark of light. That's all you need, and that will overcome the darkness. You, know, you, you doesn't have to be a blazing torch. Just some light, and it will always overcome it. The other thing is, we're a guide as well. People can look at us, we can help people make better choices. I'm like the agony arts in the office. People can say, oh, there's some terrible thing about my teenage son. I think, why? Why are they talking to me? You know, and often I'll use scriptures, I'll say, well, that's what the Bible says. You know. um, some people listen, some people don't. You know, I say, look, this isn't, I'll give you advice, but that's taken or leave it. Well, actually, you know, the Bible just talked about this about the children. You know, it says that you should uh, discipline the children. It says that you should bring the children up in, in the Lord, that you should, you know, give them a, a sense of what's right and what's wrong. You know, we've got parents and children, they've never told their kids what's right and wrong. The kids talk to them about their life, their life, and they wonder when they're teenagers why they've gone off the good scale. And they, then they go, Can you help? I'm like, Well, you need it. Little bit late. You know, they're 15 now and they're bigger than you. Um, you know, you, you should have maybe done some things a little bit earlier. But we are there as a light. And also, the thing that light is, it warms. Are we warm people? Are we friendly? Are we encouraging? Are we giving? Do we, are we the ones that people want to be around? Or are we the ones that they're like saying, don't invite them? <laughs> Thank you. You know, we should, we should be the ones who are encouraging. They're the ones that they want to turn to, the ones that they want to be around and spend time with. All of us should be known at work for being the ones who are the encouragers. If you see someone who want to do something good or acknowledge, you would be the first one saying, you did a great job with that. You know, I've been uh, working on a, a project uh, with my company. I've been four years there's a company where we've been, it's been a long old story. It's been going on for four years and we try and get some business out of this company. And we're working with them and they've been working with another company. We've worked with another company, it's like, and it's gone on for four years. And I've done a lot of work and I've been seeing and, and you know, and, and not an awful lot's come out of it over four years. For the amount of work that's gone in, not an awful lot to show for it. And, um, I found I got a phone the other day. While I was on holiday, I had to make this call about something. And um, the guy I spoke to, Frankie, is like my, my other half in the office. He's the internal sales. He said, I've got some news. I said, what? He said, SIP building systems. I said, what is it? They're, they're going for it. They're, they're placed a the big order. I said, wow. I said, Frankie said, I said, Frankie, well done. So what do you mean by that? When it first started, I remember he did some work on it. He did quite a lot of work in the first few months. Stuff that I was there to do because I was on the road. He needed somebody up in the office. I said, you did a great job with that. Thank you. We all that together. We did this. We did that. He said, no, no, no. You, you, you did it all. I said, no, I didn't. I said, I couldn't have done it for that. I said, you're as much responsible for this as anybody else. You know, then I had to speak to somebody else. Uh, his name is Mark, and, uh, and I'm chatting to him. He said, What did you just say, Frankie? I said, Why is it? He's got a smile on his face. He said, I said, You just did a great job with this project. He said, he said uh, 
Oh, he said, when are you coming next to me in a big wet kiss? I said, I don't think so. But I will, I'll give him a hug. <laughs> but, uh, but I said, well, I'm glad, I'm glad it's happened. He said, no, he said, it's happened. He said, because it's, it could be the beginning of something that could be very exciting in the future. But the company will say, we'll say. But I think it's a big thing that we are the ones that are quick to encourage. And you know, I think um, I'm nearly out of time, so I'll be, I'll, I'll be very good. Please shout just in Jesus. <clears throat> You know, be like salt, be the lies of the world. They're big challenges. And he comes with a bit of a warning. You know, he says, don't, don't lose those qualities. Don't lose those qualities. And Ephesians 3, 20, 21, talks about doing things in God's power. You know, that's, that's the thing. We can't do this in our own power. I can't do these things in my own. What, me, the light of the world? Me? All these things? I, I can't do that in and myself. You know, I'm as small as afraid as anybody. You know, but... With God's power, we can do immeasurably. We can do so much as long as we rely on God. You know, I think we've all got to do that. We need to rely on God's power. And then we can have lives that, that, can, that can change the people around us. We can change the world. You know, it may not change the whole world, but our, our peace in the world, our little bit, you know, we can't do everything. You know, but the things that we can do, we can flavor, we can preserve, we can penetrate, we can create a thirst, we can heal, we can be resilient, we can be pure, we can be people, we can drive out the darkness, and we can die and we can heal. Amen. Amen.